2: Hello and welcome to episode 254 of the Stacey West podcast. My name is Gary. I am your regular host and I am joined this afternoon by Mr. Pina Colada himself, Christopher <laughs> Lamming. Hello,
0: doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, mate. I was hoping that was gonna just uh, just wear off a little bit, but that's gonna stick, isn't it, for a while?
2: You, it might. Oops, I pressed it again. Well, there we go. Oh dear, Please. what a shame.
0: Well, I was gonna <laughs> wish you happy birthday, but I'm not going to now. <laughs>
2: Oh dear! It's not the only soundbite we've got for today, though. That's something to look forward to. We've got another. Um, we've got another thing because although we've got an awful lot to talk about, let's go straight into it. The Stacey West podcast now has a chant. Now I haven't heard it on the terraces because probably wouldn't, but I did hear it on the bus on the way back. Now I think it was. It's partially aimed, I think, at at Jake, who was on the podcast and uh, and has obviously gone on to do his. Um, totally Football podcast. I think that's what it's called. Really good. Four guys on it. Really knowledgeable. Uh, and it's aimed partially at Ben, who is obviously uh, a regular on our podcast and a, a founder member. Do you want to hear the chant? Yes, I do. Are we ready? So this was on Andy's bus on the way home after the Stevenage game yesterday.
1: Oh, this is how it feels
2: to be lonely. This is how to be small. This is how it feels when Ben Now, are you a little bit jealous that it's Ben and not you or I on the chant? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it was, the thing was, you know what they were trying to do as well? They were trying to bait me into singing it. And I think it's I think it's it's, when you get a chant made about you like that, I think that it comes from kind of a place of just being something, doesn't it? If your podcast is absolutely rubbish and no one pays attention to it, you're not going to get the chant. And I hope Ben does take it in the spirits intended. I've messaged him and made sure. So if you think we're bullying Ben, if you think I'm bullying Ben, we're not. Um, I mean, we do, but not with that. (laughs) Um, And they were trying to get me to sing it. And I wasn't quite. On the same wavelength, I was at the front of the bus chatting to Andy and and a few others, and I thought they were just asking me for any song, so they were saying, "Gary, Gary, sing the song." So I stood up and went, "We are imps, we are imps," and everything felt silent. And do you know what? It was like that moment in the pub when we went to Blackwater County, and I realised that Shannon from the band wasn't talking to me. You know that realisation <laughs> where you go, "We, oh, and I'm already committed to this." So, brilliant. There we go. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes, oh. that was uh, I. I was a I was
0: around at that moment in the in the pub last week at Blackwater County, but that was directly after my two pina coladas, and I was feeling a little ropey at that at that moment, so I didn't quite um, didn't twig what was going on. But from what I remember, yeah, you you thought so. It was before the before the gig, and the one of the one of the lead singers from the band Shannon, she was she was in the in the same bar that we was in. So Gary politely started just chatting away. Well, kind of replying to to what he thought was a, a remark from Shannon, and she wasn't talking to Gary, she was talking to someone behind him. So that was funny.
2: I, th- I thought we'd already covered this on the podcast. Did maybe we like had, maybe week? we had. Yeah, I can't remember, but it's not yeah. it always
0: nice to bring it up again after you've uh,
2: referenced it. You know what? P&L. It, it is again. always nice. To bring up if it up you Oh, I've gone again. <laughs> I've got to get the hang of that button. <laughs> um, so there we go. The the, the, the the segue here, and there is one, um, is being drunk and not really being aware of things that are going on around you. Uh, and that brings us to Stevenage away, because when we would, when the, we, we have a rotor, we have a plan on the Stacey West, believe it or not, we actually do. And when we were doing the rotor for this one, um, it was, well, Gary's going to the game that's me by the way um so I'll do that I'll do the podcast with somebody else and it, it would usually be um, Charlie goes to the game so he's usually on a Sunday or'll or we'll we watch it on i follow but somebody who's watched the game does the podcast there's no point two people coming on who haven't been at the game trying to talk about a game to tell people who are at the game about it that's how you get chants made about you so um so it was Gary I'll do the game Chris'll go on and what i've realized is and i put it on my article but for those people who can't read um, or don't read uh, and prefer just to listen um, it was the it was one of the first times where i've been to a game purely as a fan and that sounds a little bit bizarre but when when you do this kind of podcast and and chris i'm sure will agree with me you kind of you're analyzing in your head so when you sit down and you watch a game you you're looking for certain things you're watching for certain things you're not it's not like you, you, it's it's hard to explain because you are obviously supporting the team and it, that's your 100% focus, but you, you're you watching with an analytical eye. Every moment, you're not, as soon as there's a foul, you're not stood up in the air going, ah, oh, referee. You're thinking, was it a foul? Is it a foul? Trying to assess it fairly. Now, when you go on an away day and get picked up a quarter past eight at Gala Bingo, um, and yeah, yeah, I know, Chris, he just pulled the face at quarter past eight. Um, and you're in the pub in Stevenage by half past ten. And before you have your full English breakfast, um, I might be a little bit late than half ten, actually. But before you have your full English breakfast, you've already had two pints. It becomes really, really hard to be analytical. More so when you're at one end of the ground trying to look down the other. More so when you drunkenly leave your glasses on the bus and can't see jack shit beyond the 18 yard box in front of you. So I'm coming into this podcast, having travelled however many miles it is down to Stevenage, having put in what was probably, by the time I got back in last night, a 15-hour day, which involved four separate bus journeys, five if you include the one from Stevenage to the ground. And I'm coming into it with far less knowledge than Chris, who sat at home in rugby and watched it on iFollow. Fair to say, Chris?
0: Well, if you, I think the biggest part of that is the fact you, you forgot your glasses. So, so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely yeah, not the so eight or nine pints. <laughs> if, if you literally couldn't see, then you, yeah, I think that's the that's the fair point, isn't it? Um, I think it didn't help either. And I was I was on Twitter last night because you know sometimes we we discuss games and and I think you and I always we, well we agree quite regularly and we always try and like I say take that analytical eye and in games that we've played we've got a good result we maybe look to try and find those things that maybe weren't quite so good and in those games where we didn't get a positive result. To try and find the narrative if you like and to try and uh see well you know does that tell the whole story is there something else going on here and, and is there a you know a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel or a you know a silver lining on the clouds and um sometimes you get a feeling you you know it's going to be you think oh, that wasn't a particularly useful game that wasn't a very entertaining gang we didn't create a lot extra it's going to be difficult to find some positives in in this and we don't try and find positives for the sake of them but if they're there we want to make sure that we we shine a light on them but from my perspective, you normally get a feeling. I normally get an, an idea of what I'm going to expect to see on Twitter and to hear on the on the radio and uh, just get a feeling from grounds, like leave. Like uh, uh, it's a home game, for example, when you're walking away from the grounds, you overhear people talking. And I was probably for the first time since I've been on the podcast, which is what, a year and a half or so now, um, I was massively surprised by the... Um, contrast in opinion from people who clearly were at the game, who and compared to people who watched it on iFollow, and it, it just seemed like there was uh, two very different games that had been that had been seen in that regard. um Neither are right, neither are wrong. It was just it really highlighted the perspective there, and it gave after reading your article earlier, really kind of gave me a little bit of a maybe a bit a different insight because I'm, I'm like you try and look at it, you know, still a, obviously a Lincoln city fan, massively invested, emotionally invested in the game, but we try and analyze the game of football. And you know, I, I like to watch all football in that way because I'm a nerd. So I know I'm kind of a bit of an outlier there. Um, But I think it really highlighted to me this, that yeah, that's the reason why we do see everyone does see things slightly differently is because your perspective is quite literally different. If you sat at the, at the end, of a, end of the pitch and let's be honest, it's the end of the pitch where nothing happened in either half, yep. really. So you, you guys have spent 90 minutes chanting away, supporting the team, but not actually really seeing any football uh, with any real kind of perspective. And, and, you know, you can't see the full picture of the pitch when, you, when you're down one end and it's all at the other end. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a really interesting discussion about particularly the first half. I think we can all agree the second half from a Lincoln City perspective was wasn't great. Um but the, the fallout of fallout might be the bit next word. But the yeah the response that I've seen kind of online and from people is the whole ninety minutes was rubbish, or the first half was actually genuinely good, and the second half was rubbish. So it's not like we were okay. We've either been actually that was a really positive first half, or it was all crap, and that's just a massive a massive contrast, which I think is just really interesting.
2: Bye. I I didn't see we'll talk about we'll, we'll talk about team selection, then we'll come on to it. Of course. Um I think that's probably the the, the easiest way to go and, and then we can talk about the differences in perception of the first half, because we are going to agree on the second half almost certainly. Um so there was big conversation beforehand, really. Is Michael Scobala going to put his stamp on the team straight away, change things straight away, or is he going to take his time to make his changes? My train of thought was he's going to take his time to make the changes. He did and he didn't because he made some of the changes that I think we'd all hoped for a little bit a couple of weeks ago where, you know, Hacks not starting as the number nine, get Jack Vale starting, Danny Mandroyu starting. Um, but then there's also the foot in the previous camp, Ali Smith perhaps a little bit out of position, in my opinion still. Um, still three at the back. I think the fact he changed to four at the back later on and he said the players aren't used to it kind of hints that there are changes. People who say things like, well, oh, it's got to change, it's got to change quick. It, it's going to change. It doesn't have to change quick. We're not in the bottom four kind of thing. Um, but the team selection was very, it still felt a little bit to me, kind of when I say Kennedy era, you you understand what I mean when I say that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Shape-wise, definitely. Um, certainly, in terms of the back three compared to a back four. You know, we mentioned before. Me and Ben mentioned last week. And I think you and Charlie mentioned as well that Skibala traditionally does favour a back four, but you don't know how much that's been directed by the club that he's been at. So, so you know, he says that he wants to develop our style. One thing really stood out to me in one of the many interviews that he he, he was forced to do last Thursday. But he said it's about evolution, not revolution. It's about You know, gradually changing things and improving as not ripping everything up and then starting again. Um, So, just reading the team sheet without before the game kicked off, I was kind of in your camp thinking, okay, it's not a lot's changed here. And fair enough at the time. I was disappointed that Dylan Duffy wasn't getting a start. But then once the game started, I understood exactly why Dylan Duffy wasn't getting a start. Um, So, Stevenage lined up in a 4 3 1 2, basically a 4 4 2 diamond, really. Um, It's a really narrow midfield. Um, and we played Ali Smith and Danny Mandrua. And we've we've, we've mentioned this before at times in their kind of half-wingers, half-tens, they're kind of in that, that hybrid role. They were both tens yesterday. They were. They were both really narrow at times. They were both playing literally next to each other. Uh, and what that did is it allowed um, Stevenage's midfield for had to defend even you know, really narrow, which gave Lass and Jack Burrows just the the, the licence to exploit the wings. And we did in the first half time and time again. without creating it in a clear cut opportunity in, that ended in a shot, of course, that's gonna be the, the stick that kind of gets bashed at the first half performance. But tactically there was a change there. It was a, a much more narrow box midfield with Smith and Manjoyu, which allowed Lass and Burrows to be to be much higher and wider. And yeah, it, it gave them there was so many one v one and even one v0 opportunities for particularly Lass. Um I think Lass was brilliant in the first half. I think our attack slowed down a little bit when they hit jack boris to be honest um but with last i thought they were, they were good But yeah in terms of team selection there was not that many changes other than duffy but then once the game kicked off it, it made sense to me um what it did show is again just how many people are unavailable
2: I find that quite interesting um sort of getting down the sides etc because it didn't it, it felt like there was space on the flanks and it, it looked to me with the from my limited view, uh, at least that they were, they were kind of, it looked like we were trying to stretch or we were trying to do kind of the big switch the the Lewis Monsma kind of ball yeah. trying to find that space. I understood that. I got that really funny how um, Pete, my, uh, our friend Pete was at the game and, and he said that he thought Lass and Jack Boris were two of the worst players on the field um, because he felt that they weren't exploiting or using the space that they were being afforded. Um, and again, it, I, finding it quite hard to comment on that. I mean, we only got nine crosses into the box, one that was accurate, which was half as many as Stevenage. So I think what my understanding of the first half, having come away from it, is that you could see Michael Scabala's paw prints on the Lincoln City carpet, let's say. Mm -hmm. But as yet, that's all it was, was the odd little thing here and there that you can see. Yeah, there was some twigs. And I think...
0: um... Some of the description that I was in, engaged in last night was, you know, and I didn't that's want to such a polite, polite way to point it. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, it was, um,
0: you know, I, I was, I suppose, defending the first half performance and saying that I thought it was good. I genuinely did think it was good. And, it, you know, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't crap. And I think that's the point is that so many people, people were coming away from the game thinking the whole thing was rubbish. And it, it just, in my opinion, but also statistically, in the first half, it wasn't. So I'm just going to just read out some numbers. And numbers aren't everything. I, I know I'm a stats guy and people will often say, well, oh, your stats don't tell the whole story. They don't. You're absolutely right. They don't tell you certain things. They certainly don't tell you things like work rate. They don't tell you things like like how many high-intensity sprints are made, for example. We don't have access to that. We, don't, we can't gauge things like desire and fitness. But we can desire performance on the ball and off it. And we played more passes... In, uh, in the first half than we have in any 45-minute period any forty five period in the league. Um, we So we played 254 passes in the first half, 109 which were in Stevenage's half. So it's not even like we had possession of the ball just in our back three. They were forward-thinking passes a lot of the time. Um, I just felt we passed the ball really well. I felt we made or, a lot of plays, made fast decisions, which is what it's all about, playing at that intensity, Last particularly, he received, I think it was two or three big crossfield passes. It was a little, just a, one was a little back heel around the corner, first time back heel around the corner, which I think Vale, possibly maybe Smith, almost got on the end of. One or two, it was just first time passes or really good touch. It was just, last was, was on it in the first half. Decision making wise, it was the speed of the decision as well as the execution of it. And it was good. I agree, didn't necessarily get down the side as much, get many balls in the box, but his speed of decision making was really, really good. Um, what else did we have? So we limited we limited Stevenage to um, zero XG offset pieces in the first half. And that's particularly important when we compare it to the second half. We had 64% possession. We had 10 touches in Stevenage's box. They only had five in ours. So despite it not resulting in direct shots on goal, which of course is the most important part of the game, it's not even like the first two thirds. It's almost like the the first kind of nine-tenths of the pitch in the first half were were great. And um, particularly, I felt Ethan arahan stood out. I thought he was back to his, his normal self and he was dominant. And then I looked into some more in-depth statistics for his full 90, and it shows that that was absolutely the case. So I'm just going to read a couple out before I get your perception of these. Sorry if um,
2: my dog's snoring, by the way. It's not I a reaction to you because no, he, <laughs> he can't hear you because I've got a headphone in, so he's not snoring at you. It's not a sound effect I've put in either, so my apologies. <laughs> <Okay.
0: coughs> so this is just Ethan Arahan on his own. Um, so he had the joint most accurate forward passes on the pitch. So this includes both Lincoln and Stevenage players over the full 90 minutes. He had the joint most forward passes. The other one was actually um, Danny Mandroyu. He had the most successful passes out of any player on the pitch with 49. Um, that was 17 more than any other player on the pitch. And he also won the ball back more times than any other player on the pitch. Ethan Arahan was back to his best. Um, and I thought that particularly showed in the first half. Um, so, yeah, I always kind of came in at half time thinking that was a really good first half. Yeah, OK, there was a couple of opportunities. we could have We could have pulled the trigger. We didn't quite get on the end of a ball across the box. Zero XG for a ball that goes across a six-yard box and no one gets on the end of, of course. Um, but it was kind of one of those things, okay, that was a good first half. If we can kick on in the second half, improve on that, we'll win. Like, we'll, we'll we'll get a goal and then it's game over. Um, obviously, that's not how the second half transpired because the opposition has a part to play in that as well. But I genuinely came in at half-time and Mark Holm was the same on uh, on iFollow. And I, the general consensus with the people I was talking to, just 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 texting, uh, that were also watching on iFollow, the general consensus was, yeah, that was a good half. There was just the imprint of not no overhaul, but just little bits and bobs that you could see. Yeah, Marcus Wallace just had a small, a small in, influence this week, to make just more passes, passing forward, passing, making quick decisions with intensity. Uh, a lot of the time, so uh, yeah,
2: I was really pleased at half time. Well, I think what's interesting is you. Listening to the interview afterwards, to TJ Ioma, he was sort of talking positively about the little things that they've been doing and the way that the managers just beginning to empower them. I think there are one or two players who may be winners under Scabala at the moment. Um, Ioma, Jaden Brown actually getting on the field as well, which he'll be particularly delighted about. The perception at the ground, and uh, you know, this perception isn't necessarily right. And looking at the stats, and I'm sure I would have had a very similar idea to you had I been watching on iFollow. The perception of the 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 ground was it was like two boxers who came out into the middle of the ring and went, yeah all right just stood looking at each other for forty five minutes. That's how it felt when we were there mm. because without watching it tactically, if you go out for the full day on your away day, you have your breakfast, you have your beers, not necessarily in that order. You know you're pub to pub, you're riling each other up, you're singing your songs, you go into the ground, you want to see. And that's not in an expectant way. And that's not in a, um, what's the word I always use? Uh, entitled way. It's just, uh, you know, I, I get that now. And, and next week, if I'm on the podcast, I'll be talking differently because I will be back to watching the game in a different manner. But it just really, and I've, I've done it before, but the, the, the way games where I've gone away before, I haven't really been to an away game in recent memory where I think we've been We've be, either been absolutely terrible and that's the general consensus. It's been it, I've not been to one where I think the game was very, very different to how it how it was. And also obviously not with my glasses on, which mm. is silly. So at half time, I kind of the one positive I would say is I never felt anything from them. And that's why I think I tweeted they were a poor side, because in the first half they offered absolutely mm. nothing. I have and, to say there's
0: credit cool. to Scoobala for that. Shape yeah, shape-wise, yeah. we we definitely nullified them because we forced their midfield three because they played like a three midfield narrow three yeah. with with a 10 and then two strikers and um they were so narrow and because they were occupied by some really clever rotations between hamilton and Erohan and for smith and Mandrew and it that gave Boris and and and, and last the the space and like i said i thought last was really good in the first half Boris i i i agree with the consensus that you mentioned earlier i think our attacking place s- slowed when Jack he went onto that left side of the pitch and we ended up having to come back and start again a couple of times. And yeah. Um, just a little side note, you mentioned Jaden Brown then. I I actually feel, you know, if, if Jaden Brown can impress in training, he's the definitely the profile of left wing back. If we continue with wing backs, of course. He's definitely the profile of left wing back that suits this style more than Jack Boris does. I think that's worth bearing I, in mind and well,
2: I, You must be telepathic because that's literally the question I was just going to ask when you said things slowed <laughs> a little bit with Jack Burrows, <laughs> Is And, and also, I, I, I do wonder if we keep talking about this kind of leads connection. And I wonder if we may be looking at a profile of loan in January that's different to the profile of loan we've got now and what that might mean for the profile of loan that we've got now. But that's maybe for another podcast. Indeed. So that was the first half. Um, now, I had an incident at halftime, which we'll, I'll discuss that before we move into the second half, because it will break things up nicely. And you know, people will think we're talking about a different game. Um, so, we had an incident with Stevenage Stewards. Now, Stevenage Stewards notoriously are bad. I seem to remember Grimsby fans having a real problem with being, females being searched by male stewards a few years ago. Um, so, we had an incident where you can't smoke at Stevenage Ground, they won't let you out, there isn't a smoking area. You can't vape, anything like that at all. So, of course, at half time, lots of supporters wanting to do that. One guy was let out for a cigarette and then the stewards closed the gate on him and wouldn't let him back in. Um, and It was just all a little bit, I don't know, a little bit unpleasant. I just thought a little bit of common sense might have been worthy. I mean, he hadn't been ejected. He hadn't been thrown out. He was basically saying, I've been let out this gate. I thought I could get back in. The stewards were saying we told him he couldn't get back in. And it was one of those situations where, common sense might have diffused an unpleasant situation a quite a big crowd gathered people were then defiantly smoking and vaping in front of the stewards as if to kind of mm-hmm. say well look i'm doing it here why's he got he's chucked out um yeah and it's just reflective of most away days i've been on bar going all the way back to barnet in 2018 there's not been that you know th- if it's been poor stewarding that's often related to poor behavior whether that's you know, people sitting in the wrong seats and then falling out with stewards. Nine times out of 10, the stewarding, I think, at this level has been very good. But the coats kept getting, kept getting darker. So you had the yellow coats, first of all, who were going, we'd let him in, but we'll get told off. And then kind of a, a black coat with grey flashing came down and knew he was important because he had an earpiece. Uh, and he then bottled it. And next thing you know, a guy's coming down, knuckles on the floor, all black coat, shaved head, boop, 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 triple ripple down the back of his neck kind of thing. And he wasn't having any of it. I and mean, he was just rude and aggressive. I just, when I say shame on Steven Edge, I'm not sure that's really the case. Because who knows, maybe the guy that went out was told that he couldn't get back in and he was chancing it. But what would it have hurt? Just to open the door, come back in and said, don't do it again. Well, it would have stopped all of that. Yeah, that's it crazy, would. It, wouldn't it? It would have stopped a beer-fueled Gary who could actually see what was going on because it was three feet in front of my nose. Um, trying to get involved. I had no real reason, but the guy was on our bus and I just thought, you know what I mean? You, you go there on a bus with somebody, you kind of stick up for him. And if he'd gone been thrown out for anything else, you, you wouldn't bother about it. Whilst that was going on, we heard a little cheer. Everyone thought that Stephen Hitch had scored. They thought they'd had a penalty shout. So it's like, oh shit, we better get back round and watch the game. Probably might've been better staying there for 45 minutes and arguing his court.
0: Hmm, yeah. Uh, second half <clears> wasn't brilliant. Uh, from a Lincoln City perspective, I'm not going to defend that. You know, it, it really wasn't. But I think something's worth bringing up here in regards to how we look at games, because we both, all of, all of us that are listening, we watch Link- we watch Link Lincoln City games through the eyes of Lincoln City supporters, don't we? You know, so we, we watch how we've done, and we almost just see the opposition as the pantomime villain that needs beating. Whereas the opposition always have a, a part to play. And this works both ways as well, because Stephen has significantly improved in the second half. Um, both statistically you know those things that you can measure but also on some of those intangibles that I mentioned earlier just desire work rate winning things like second balls and just running harder and and putting pressure on you you know they they did all that so well and I I'm gonna feel really dirty saying this and I don't like to give Steve Evans credit but like you mentioned in your in your write-up the guy annoyingly does does no football at this level and he, he made a very slight tactical switch, but it was more personnel. Um, he brought Jake forster caskey on to play the left side of their midfield, their narrow midfield three, and they brought Ben Thompson on to play on the right side. And particularly forster caskey had a real influence on the game. They defended higher, they defended wider, they smothered us so we couldn't release the ball wide. Um, and they were all over us for, for literally for 45 minutes. And we're going to talk about the goal in a moment. Um, but even taking the goal out of the game, I felt they created enough chances to win it in the second half, and we really hardly laid a punch on them. So, partly credit to Steve Evans, and also you think, well, if that's the level they do normally play at, then also they were massively off it in the first half. So I've come out and said we were pretty good in the first half, and I felt there were some reasons for that tactically, but also Stevenage clearly were below par. So it's easy to play against a worse team, isn't it? <laughs> and if they're better than that in the second half, then then that. It works both ways is the point I'm saying. It kind of
2: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I get that. And we've put little notes in our group chat here, and I've put it's like it's like Batman fighting henchmen. And if you're watching a Batman movie, you're not paying any attention to the henchman whatsoever. You've got your pantomime villain who's controlling it, but as you punch your way through henchmen, they don't matter. And sometimes people think football's like that. You're Lincoln City, you're the superhero, you're not looking at everybody you're laying to waste or who you're getting punched by. And um, we didn't get punched by Stevenage. And I I I'm going to credit him a little bit because the build-up was all, you know what you're getting with Stevenage? And I actually didn't think they looked particularly long ball, if I'm entirely honest. I didn't think they were playing lots and lots of long passes towards the big men to nod down. Certainly not as as bold as he did with Gillingham. Maybe that was an incorrect perception. Um, You say they could have scored more. I think they could have had a two in the second half. 2 nil probably wouldn't have flattered them. Anything more would have done. We didn't lay a glove on them. Um, And we could have played for another six hours and we wouldn't have laid a glove on them. But it takes us all the way back to the 1st of September because we finished the game with a winger at centre-forward. Because a centre forward had gone off, we, we we still have these injuries, and it's really easy now to almost accept that, to become blasé about it, to start talking about why we're not attacking particularly well without mentioning Benhouse, Tyler Walker, Rico Hackett, now Jack Vale, Ted Bishop. Yeah, you know, five players. Okay, Vale started. Of those five players, if they'd all been fit. They would either have started or finished the game. Zero doubt whatsoever that they wouldn't have played a single minute yesterday. So when you've got five creative players, five attacking players, five players that are going to be a focal point, that are going to work. Ben House is going to win some of your second balls in the attacking area. You know what I mean? Tyler Walker is going to get on the end, potentially, of a cross across the the front of the box. And that, for me, is, is, is the... It's the kind of the yin to the yang, and when you get back on a bus, as we did at Stevenage, and everybody's deflated, and you oh we've lost, and Steve Evans has won, and you can hear him, you know, you can hear him cheering as he waddles across the pitch and does his fish fist pumps like he does in front of his Mister Motivator video or whatever it is he normally does. Working off exercise. His well, he does. He does fist pumps. I think he <laughs> practices them um, while he's eating his cocoa pops in the morning. Um, but you, you feel so bitter about it. Mm-hmm. that you forget it. And if you mention it, you then go, well, that's not an excuse. That was still rubbish. But the second half was poor. I'm not going to say rubbish. I'm not going to... It was a poor performance. I, I don't think Stevenage were anything particularly special. I don't think they're top six material. I think we've seen better teams this season. Um, but they are good at what they do. But what they do isn't purely long ball. What they do is work hard, is scrap. And like I think it was Roy, uh, Roy Thompson, good friend Roy, said on his Twitter, football's not hard. Win your second balls, win your challenge work harder than the opposition. And probably that's, that's what Steve Evans does best. And it's what Michael Scobala alluded to, I think, wasn't it, in his post-match interview. We need to be stronger. We need to be a little bit more competitive and it takes time. He's already identified what's wrong with this. When I say what's wrong... We're eleventh in League One, so what's wrong at the minute? Fundamentally, but isn't what can right. be
0: improved? Yeah, what's holding us back? Yeah, yes.
2: yeah. The, uh, I should use my management speak. He's already highlighted the developmental points within this squad.
0: <laughs> yeah, as opposed to just watch shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yes and no, I suppose to kind of what you mentioned there. In terms of you know exactly what Stevenage are going to get, I thought the second half was exactly what I expected of Stevenage. Um, I thought no, there's a diff- there's, there's being long ballers in just popping it into the big man or there's being really direct and hitting areas, hitting channels, and then having the work rate and the desire to get on the end of the, the knockdowns. It's knocking the ball forward quickly with quite often low percentage passes. You know that, That's what they do regularly, and they do it well. Ben and I previewed it, and they like, you said, know, we know what we're going to get, but they're good at both ends. They They restrict the opposition from scoring, and they create a lot of chances themselves by being good at what they do. I do feel in the modern game, there is definitely a ceiling to how far that can take you, but I do think that can take you to the playoffs in League One. I do. I don't want to see it. Of course I don't. Um, but I think it can. And I think the second half, if that is the Stevenage that a lot of teams come up against, now that style of football used to be the norm. Now it isn't. A lot of teams like us are not going to be able to deal with that. Um, statistically, second half, they did us. So um, they, have, they created one point three, nine XG in the second half. Now I mentioned in the first half, we limited them to just five touches in the box and they had a zero expected goals from set pieces. In the second half, they had 29 touches in the box and their XG from set pieces was 0.85. So that's that's near enough of guaranteed goal from just (laughs) probability. Um, They just asked a lot of questions of us and we just couldn't get out. We just couldn't get out. And part of it was tactical. Part of it was those those Im- immeasurable things, those kind of intangibles. And you're right, it just stings that a little bit more when it's against the Steve Evans side. It really does. It really and does. And when you
2: have your captain out injured, it doesn't help, does it? Out Absolutely. Well,
0: or? I think that links us nicely onto the, the goal itself, really. Because, yeah, the, the, of course, TJ had a great game defensively, clear one or two off the line. Some really good blocks, like, like goal-saving challenges from TJ. You know, of course, that means we're under the crush. that means we're under pressure. So you'd prefer not to be in that situation. But I don't think anyone can really criticize any of the back three in terms of their desire to, to make challenges and blocks. For example, uh Alex Mitchell was involved in more aerial jewels and more jewels overall than anybody in in the game. Uh and he he won more, he also lost more because of the probability because of the just, just sheer volume. But he, he was he was the most successful in regard to jewels, like. I think the back three defended well. I think it was just, a, we, couldn't play, we couldn't get out. We couldn't play out like we could in the first half. We couldn't get the control on the game. And you have to be better than Stevenage with the ball. Because if you, you, you're never going to be better than with, without it. You're never going to be better than them at duels and second balls and and sheer graft. You, you, it's almost impossible to match them in that regard. You have to be better with than the on the ball than they are. And we were in the first half, but in the second half, we just didn't get a chance to be at all. Um, and then and then the goal happened. So, of course, we're going to come back here to what is definitely an Achilles heel of ours, isn't it? It's another set piece. It's another corner. At least it wasn't a near post corner this time, I suppose. At least it wasn't a little near post. <laughs> flick. I did notice, actually, we were zonally marking the near post off corners. Someone was like three or four yards in front of the near post, kind of t- towards the corner taker to stop that that low low drill one in so it looks like we've made a change in that regard so that was refreshing um but something baffled me about the the corner um obviously when it goes in like like it literally trickles over the line it's just disappointing it feels so avoidable doesn't it and it's just it's like so soft but one thing that's baffled me and i've watched this it must be 50 times now i've watched this back and i still can't see anything particularly clever that Stevenage are doing. They're not. There's no real kind of blocking players that stop some of our dominant defenders to try and get onto the ball. Yet, Paul Piagiani, statistically the most aerially dominant player in the whole of League One, is being challenged in the air to meet the first contact by Dylan Duffy, our left winger, who came on only moments before. Just what? Just what? Why is that? Why is he the player that has that's going up to to challenge? Quite obviously, the best player in the league. It just doesn't make sense. And then of course it's a congested area but there were three touches in the in that that led to the goal. So that Stevenage won the first contact, the second contact and the third contact despite players being within me- centimetres of the ball and it trickles in, in the goal. And I, I'm kind of kind of semi-happy, not happy, but willing to in isolation, almost forgive the second and third contact because it's so congested. Like, there's boots everywhere. It's a 50-50 who gets there first. It's that first contact. Why on earth is Dylan Duffy tasked with marking Piaggiani in that moment? Now, I couldn't tell whether it was just a clever set play by Steven because I've missed something tactically there or if it's just a, a bit of a poor organisation by us, We've just made a tactical change. We've just changed our shape a little bit. And does that mean that the roles that you have and who you are marking our set pieces changes slightly? We don't know that. But that was just really disappointing. It's almost like we'd put, I think it was Jackson, but I could be completely wrong there, cutting out that near post ball, which then means that we're missing a centre-half in the box. So for me, it's just that's a full-back or a wing-backs job or A Wigger. You go and do that near post job. If it's driven in, you get something on it, but then you've still got your, your big lads in the box to try and win the headers. But yeah, for me, that was just disappointing.
2: From where I was sat, it actually looked to be a much better goal. Or where I was sitting, sorry, um, it looked to be a much better goal than it was when I watched it back. Because you can't see, and it just looked like he strode in and, and side-footed it calmly into the net. Whereas when you look at it back, um, it's just scruffy. But it's it's another issue for Michael to to develop. And whilst I don't, you know, I don't want it to sound like we've got issue after issue after issue because we haven't. We're eleventh in the table. We're ninth, I think, yesterday or tenth going into. Mm-hmm yesterday's game so I don't think fundamentally we we have significant issues but I do think that we have things that he needs to address and defending corners has absolutely got to be one of them because however much better Stevenage were than us in that second half aside from one poorly defended corner we've actually done enough to take something from the game without ever doing enough to take something from the game if you know what I mean absolutely we never looked like scoring I can't remember single moment where there was a chance at our end of the field Uh, I think maybe I missed one whilst I was going to the toilet a a, a daisy cutter or something like that I can barely remember seeing any of our plays we mentioned I think it was Ethan Hamilton who had the effort I can barely remember seeing Hacks on the ball I think as soon as Hacks came on that's probably when we lost our shape no disrespect to Hakeem he's not a centre forward Pure and simple, he's not. And and Joven went on on the right. He ain't that. I can't understand why does Jovan go on and albeit for ten minutes from eighty five to ninety. I thought Jovan came up forward? front
0: in a two and then was defending on the right. He was tracking their left back, but okay. in possession he was central. But again, I think it was that was just throwing, trying to throw enough Late. shit at the wall, I'm hoping well, some of it sticks. Really,
2: it's an odd saying that, isn't it? Why would you hope that that, that shit sticks at the wall? Because you just have to clean it off. Um, but and yeah, yes,
0: I, it's I, when you're building a mud hut
2: all those years ago. Is that when it comes from? I don't know. Yeah, That's you'd use mud, one. wouldn't you? Not feces. I don't think they used feces to build houses. I don't think it's human feces. Anyway, oh, we digress. Um, yes, we do digress. I'll tell you what, <laughs> shall we uh, shall we quickly go to an advert because otherwise the advert's going to be really late uh, and then Let's... we can come back and, and, and finish off because. I don't know what else we've got to really talk about, to be honest, Um, apart uh, from the game, but we will. So we'll go to an advert and we will be back very shortly.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: So we'll pick the game back up, if that's all right, just to, normally we have the break, but we've talked for 38 minutes and probably provided more interest than the the uh, the side did in 45 yesterday afternoon. Um, but some final comments from you on the game, Mr. Pina Colada.
0: <laughs> At least I'm not called pathway anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, first half, I did genuinely feel there's enough there that, that can see this. The beginnings of what a Michael Skibala side is going to look like. I really did. Second half highlights, just things that need to improve and the things that we we need to work on. But I don't think there's many surprises in in that. And also, I think it's worth just pointing out that we're not going to play many teams like Stevenage. You know, we didn't deal with with the challenge they posed us in the second half, and and that's disappointing. But we don't get faced that challenge very often this season. We, we face different challenges, but. You know, from now and certainly until the rest of the this year, we're going to be playing against teams that, that tend to play in a slightly more conventional, or certainly more modernly conventional way. Um, so hopefully that will suit Michael Skubala, that will suit us, and then we can, we can kind of kick on from there, really.
2: I think for me, um, if I had to say, if I had to pick on anything, I certainly have a very different view of the game today as I do yesterday. Um, and I think one of the reasons that I purposefully have kind of played this devil's advocate role um, on the podcast this afternoon, believe it or not, it isn't down to a complete not a lack of preparation. It's down to the fact that it's really remarkably notable to me um, how perception now can be very different. And it's probably been a little bit of an eye opener, I think. And so I deliberately wanted to put that other side across. I understand where some of that anger comes from. I understand where anger tweeting comes from. When you've dedicated the whole day, I mean, I left my house yesterday morning at 20 past six in order to go to the game. I know 20 past six to drive to rugby, to be in rugby in time to get the 10 past seven bus or whatever it was and make sure I could put my car and pick that up. So it's a long day. And when there's a game like that, which isn't one for the purists. And I always sit here on the podcast and say football is all about it's a game. It's not a it's not a form of entertainment. But if you think that football is like paying to go to the cinema, it isn't because you don't pay and go and watch a crap film time and time again. But actually, of 46 games in a season, you can almost guarantee that a bare minimum of 25% of those are going to be under your expectation. A bare minimum. You're going to hate all of the games you lose, no matter how well you play at least half of the games you draw, you're not going to be happy. And sometimes you win a game and come away and say you haven't played particularly well. You probably get five, six, seven games a season where you go, we were excellent. We were outstanding. We were this, we were that. And so it it, it was interesting for me just to see that or not see, uh, unfortunately, as it was, the (laughs) other side of things. Um, So just quickly, I was on Andy's bus and I will do the the write-up. But honestly, I think, I couldn't do bus trips like that every single week because um, I'd get cirrhosis of the liver. Uh, but it was just, yeah, it, it was just really good. I just wanted to kind of make a, a point of it that it was yesterday wasn't about the football. Yesterday was more about the going out off and, and, and celebrating. And for those people who have very kindly asked about my dad, who um, I know many, many now know, um that he's obviously uh, suffering from lung cancer um but for those who don't know he had his test results on friday um and it hasn't spread and it is operable so it's really you know great news people coming up to him who he didn't know on the bus and that's what that's why dad thrives he's gone very very public kind of with with what he's got some people are very private but the way dad deals with these things is by people kind of going oh, come on you know sorry to hear this sorry to hear that all that sort of stuff danny cowley messaged him have said that absolutely brilliant um and, yeah, on the bus, he got such a, you know, kind of a really warm reception and everybody shaking his hand and, you know, great, you're in a good position, it's a good fight, blah, blah, blah. So it was a really, really good day. But bizarrely, when we went from Stevenage, from the pub Old Town to the ground, there was people stood in the aisles. I don't know if you've seen this, Chris. Um, no, no, not at all. There was a load of Germans on the bus. Okay. And I don't quite, I don't understand it, but there were VFL bockham Bot- 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 fans. Mm-hmm. who were over, I think I think they'd come over to England to watch a game of football. And obviously, because ours was about the biggest game in the South, because there would be no Premier League, no Championship. Course, so it yeah. would be one of the biggest games of football, bizarrely, 5,400 fans um, at, at Stevenage. Felt like a lot more, to be fair to them, but they did only start singing after they scored. Um, but yeah, they were, we gave them all a lift as well. So it's absolutely great. crazy. Yeah, That's so it was great. good. It was a... You know what, a
0: because football, certainly in a way, day you know, for me, football is football. I, I take it uh, a bit of an obsessive interest in football, kind of analyzing it. But from a fan's perspective, for me, it's about being kind of just part of something bigger than yourself, isn't it? It's about feeling feeling part of something and being in that collective. And um, so, I completely get that. And I've, I've only been on this once. once. That was a away at Shiver Wednesday last season, but that was a brilliant day again. And I think that, I think those days are great. I'm with you. I couldn't do it every week, but I think it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think it has be really interesting because I, I certainly came away from that game seeing it completely differently than I did the day, the day after. And that was with a better view. We were much higher up and we had a little bit more action on our end you know, compared to uh, to what you may have experienced yesterday. But it definitely skews your your view and therefore your opinion. Um, because I was saying to people yesterday on Twitter, just watch the first half back. You might change your mind because you do get a completely different perspective. And they're both right. They're both right from... You know, from from each each perspective, they are. It's a big thing to say that.
2: What's just a bit? What's what's that I hear? We want a game of boridge. You forget all footballers, don't you? Boridge, Cambridge, Leicester, Palace, Norwich, West Brom, Gillingham, Rushton Brighton, Northampton, Northampton, Coventry, Peterborough, Watford, Swindon, Boston, Walsall, Hertford, Gainsborough, Northampton, Victoria, Headmasters, Wellingborough, Kidsgrove, Tamworth, Harrogate, Woking, Sunshine, George, Cross, Bedlington Terriers, Rocks, and Morpeth, Morpeth, and Seaton, Delaval.
0: Oh, fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> that jingle's so good. I know. And I do well know done, what?
2: Ben. I, well done, Ben. Exactly. And he's got his own chant now as well. He's a, he's a, he's a minor celebrity. Um, so I think I'd actually planned for us to, in my head, sort of have a game of Borage, um, but he's got to 45 minutes. So do we want a game of Borage or not? Yeah,
0: it's not going to last long, is it? Let's be honest. And no, you're probably going stop. to win. So, so let's it's do. Not it. going
2: to last long. Go on then. So, uh, who are we doing? Lake Norean. Uh. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you go first, as I always do, like gentlemen.
0: Gary Taylor at uh, the Taylor Fletcher, but he was Gary Gary Fletcher, sorry, at the time.
2: Leithorpe. Um Max Sanders. Uh, Adrian Petulia. Theo Archibald Kevin Austin Lee Angle uh, We'll have to check that but we'll No, Macaulay Bon. Okay, I'll let you have it Macaulay Bond uh, uh, I'm on the ropes Steve Watts Ah, um. No, I thought I was going to win Ah, oh, Borage. Oh, but did John Burridge play for Leighton Orient? I mean, we surely must have a team soon hey. that, John, that John Burridge has played for because at the minute he's played for nearly every team other than the ones that we've mentioned. And I'm just looking down now and it doesn't look like he played for Orient. No, he did not. Did either of us say Max Sanders? I did. Did you say Max Sanders? Yeah. Uh, okay. I was running out. I got one other player one other player and that was um kieran toner
0: oh yeah i was thinking that era and i couldn't think who it was and you said steve Watts, and i I thought it wasn't actually obvious to me i thought oh that must have been the person i was thinking of
2: yeah it wasn't it was kieran bloody toner did we sign steve Watts on loan from orient yeah the reason i know three games or something didn't he what the reason i know steve Watts really well Not personally, obviously, um, because he was a poker player. And one of our clients at work was uh, a well-known poker company who I'm not going to promote on the podcast. Uh, And I used to have to get football sites and write articles around poker for football sites. Um, So you'd always have the the players that played poker. And Steve Watts actually went on to be a professional poker player. And he also managed a winner of, I think, The X Factor. Interesting character, Steve Watts. Very Interesting. only got his break in professional football by winning a competition in the sun to find me a striker, and that's how he got a, a, a professional contract. Wow, that's great! There what you a go. shout, you see. Yes, well, congratulations again. Thank you. Should we talk about Lane Orient? Let's. Yeah, let's. What's the? I mean, there's one thing we've obviously got to say. uh, First of all, and that's you know huge respect um to. Uh, and condolences to the family of Derek Reynolds which is uh, was the was the support that passed away during um our encounter with Orient before uh which is why we're now playing on Tuesday night again uh, it seems a little odd to be replaying the game entirely when they were already one nil up but well, we want to look with what 4 minutes remaining or something yeah well. yeah Do it you what? really harsh it, it won't happen because football's a competitive game but you almost just want us to let them walk it in the net in the first minute and go, right, there's your one goal lead. Now we'll play on. It won't happen. Of course it won't happen. No chance whatsoever. And I said this on the, on the on on the the night and when it was first um, it was first mentioned, not the
0: night, sorry, and then that when it was first mentioned when we knew it was definitely going to get replayed, that's the first thing I said. And then there's like one half of my brain was saying, yeah, that's like morally the right thing to do. And the other, the competitive side of your brain says, but if the whole game is getting replayed. Three points are at stake. It's important for both teams. Does it bring the kind of, the competition a little bit into dispute, but then it's an isolated incident. So does it really matter? Yeah, I don't think we will. Um If we did say, right, there you go. There's a goal lead. Crack on now. I would be more than comfortable with it. I think that's probably, to be honest, morally the right thing to do. Um But let's discuss the game as if we haven't played Latin Orient previously, and we're going to just kind of preview it in the same way that we would any, any other game. And Leighton Orient are winless in their last five games, but we've only won one in our last five. Um, Pretty much every other metric I've looked into is almost identical to ours. So there's, there's not really much that's really jumping out here in regards to saying, right, they are this compared to us. There's actually a load of similarities between the two teams in the last five matches.
2: Can I just say, have you got the last five matches from Y Scout? Yes, league matches. Y Scout don't have the FA Cup. So actually, in, in the last six matches in all competitions, we've both won one. We beat Notts County and they beat uh, Carlisle.
0: Oh, I was I only, I only always only ever filter it by league anyway when I go on Y Scout. Yeah, so last uh, five league games is what I was looking at. So they've played oh, um, Oxford-Burton.
2: Yeah, gone Oxford-Burton. Northampton, Northampton, Barnsley and Carlisle. And they beat Carlisle 1-0. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they did. I wrote I wrote a one nil L next to it on my notes rather than a W. <laughs> so, in which case, sorry. In which case they have won one of their last five and lost one of their last five. We have won one of our last five and lost two of our last five. Very similar still. Everything else I said is correct. It's <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. the important fact about them winning a game compared to losing it. Yeah, but quite. They always play a back three. Um, three five two or three four three, they tend to switch those two shapes um within the game. All that really is is changing the organization of that front three players between um a number ten and two strikers, or two number tens and a striker. So it's not much of a shift really. They are almost identical in their just the base formation at least with their in their first two thirds of the pitch as we normally are back three, two wing backs, two holding midfielders. Um, so it's gonna be a, a game a kind of a, of individual matchups, you expect unless we can do anything clever tactically that Mr. Scubalo can implement in the next day or so. Um, I just don't think he's got enough time to do anything significant in that regard. So yeah, I find it really difficult to preview this one because we've got a new manager, of course, so we don't know exactly what he is wanting to change and how quickly. Of course, there's going to be a reaction from Saturday. Is he going to I've learned a bit more about certain players compared to others, certain systems compared to others, how much of that was solely to play against the quite unique challenge of Stevenage. It's really difficult to know from our perspective, how we're going to line up Um, from a latent Orient. Again, we we can, we can talk about kind of key players, but they've just, they've, they've they've been just a pretty standard mid table league one side for the majority of this season so far that they've done enough to keep miles away from really threatening the relegation zone, without really having the opportunity to look above that, which I imagine they're pretty comfortable with, with after after coming up from League One, League Two last season. Um, XG wise, they're in their last five games, league games that is. Their XG four is one point six against, is one point five. Ours four is one point three against, is also one point five. So, in terms of chance creation, in terms of limiting the opposition, it seems like it's going to be a very even game. Let's be honest. We deserve to lose the original fixture. We were 1-0 down with four minutes left and didn't... So anything better than that is a bonus, in my opinion. Um, taking performance out of it completely, just results-wise, if we can get a point, um, obviously it's an improvement on what we deserve to get in kind of the, the dress rehearsal, if you like.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, i kind of echo that. I know they, like they like to have a bit of possession. They tend to have more possession than the opposition which will be interesting to see how the new Lincoln or or Scobala ball kind of matches up with that because he's like he's preferring us to have more possession and higher up the pitch so that's going to be really interesting I still think we're quite hard to plan against Steve Evans made a tactical change at half time which altered the game but actually the first half probably did prove that we're not easy at the moment to line up against because you still don't quite know what you're going to get. And I think sometimes that's what's responsible for a new manager bounce is that you don't know how to play against a new manager. So I think that that's something that's reflective, you know, kind of across football. So I think that it's probably going to be a more challenging game for them than the previous fixture where we didn't talk anything about that game. But that was bad. We were we were poor in that game, if I remember correctly. We created very, very little. They've got some players I really like, really like Joe Piggott. I go on and on about how much I like Joe Piggott from, from years and years before. I think he could play the kind of the big central number nine position. He can he plays sometimes on on one of the flanks with Raul Satorio. I think on the other, who was a a young lad who was linked with with bigger moves. i have got Dan Hap at the back, who I again I like. They've got a couple of nice midfielders that come off the bench at the moment. Obviously Max Sanders, we know he's decent on the ball. Um, I think Ethan Galbraith is there as well. Who's a is he former Man United youngster who played yeah, for he a- is. Um yeah. I like him. And like I like Adam in the middle as well.
0: Yes. Yeah, Chris Mazzuni plays centre mid. I've I've, I've yeah. been really impressed with him. He's he's the big standout for me. Is he ex- I'm with you. Switch? Yeah, I think he's on loan yeah. from Mitch uh, <laughs> even No, he might be on loan last season and signed permanently, but either way, he, he's playing for them this season. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah he's a good player centre mid. Definitely kind of that that kind of deep lying kind of dictator. Really. Um, yeah, I think if you can kind of stop Mazzuni getting El having kind of open possession, you do stop a lot of their progressive passing. So yeah. so that could be that'll be a job of our kind of central attacking players, really like like, like the like the two number tens most likely. So yeah, it'd be a really interesting one. Um I don't know, I just feel a little bit a little bit uneasy kind of really predicting this and kind of going into too much depth after kind of what happened last time, to be honest. Yeah. Um obviously I from my Ligas City fan head hopes we win, hopes we've progressed up the season. You know, we, we need to look after us. We don't want Michael Scubala's reign starting on two defeats. But at the same time, we Kind of have already lost this one anyway Um because we was a goal down with, with just four minutes left and after what happened, happened. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult to really know what I want out of this one.
2: So we'll move on from it, mainly because it does. it's not that it feels disrespectful and it is a genuine game, but I don't know, it just doesn't feel entirely right, does yeah. it? And that's not Lincoln City's fault, but it just doesn't feel entirely right. We haven't got a preview. That hasn't actually been done out of respect. We might have said, I've tried to claim it, but it's been done because Ben forgot. Um, and that's not a dig up, Ben. He's had a really tough week, I think, with his, uh, with a car going down. I mean, when my clutch, when I did a couple of podcasts and didn't moan about it. But anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, Ben. <laughs> sorry, Ben. Um, so here's a, a, a quick question for you. Actually, before a question, let's have another round of this. This is how
1: it feels to be lonely.
2: This is how it feels to be small. Now, what's really funny about that, by the way, is that it was incessant. So they would like to say they were trying to bait me and it must have been it was in patches all the way down the A1. And it wasn't the only one. They were singing uh, to Jimmy Christopher. So last time one of the last buses went away, Chef Wednesday, you'll remember Jimmy Christopher ended up in town. They were singing about how he had ruined everything. Um, i can't remember who else they were singing out. they were singing um they were singing a really distasteful song i won't go into too much detail but it goes andy pearson da, 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 da. i'm not going into any way question his yeah so andy was getting it as well um, and by the way can i just say the uh push for uh, to buy toys Andy's raising money uh to to buy toys for kids something I would say how much we've given it's crass but we've we've given our advertising revenue to that um, and I think everyone gave very generously on the bus I, as I understand he's over four figures already um, we did wow. joke that he's going to do an he's not going to do an arthur Fowler christmas fund that's why he keeps and that said that's, that's gone over your head i think hasn't it has yeah you look completely blank at that you'd have to be of a certain vintage uh, i'll say 45 given that that's how old i allegedly am um, so you'd have to be of a certain vintage to understand that. But no, he's he's already bought some toys. It's a really, really great initiative. Well done, Andy. And well done the Lincoln uh, fans player scheme, who are also raising money for the food bank. So League City supporters, groups, fans, everything from across the board, raising money for phenomenal causes this Christmas, which is really good. I want to ask a serious question, though, Chris, and I wonder what your opinion is. So Michael Scobala. Um, in his interviews. And I haven't watched the interviews he did on Thursday. I've not had time. It's been a whirlwind. Friday, I was out at Lawson's with with Fee. I got drunk. As you know, I saw you in the Ivy Club at four o'clock on Friday afternoon. I was on five pints in then. I was drunk yesterday. So I haven't had time to watch it. I'm not an alcoholic. It's just a big weekend for me. I will watch it. But Michael Scobala said that he had a habit of, one if he was beaten when he was playing futsal or, or anything like that, he would go to the opposition coach and say, How did you beat me? Correct? Correct. What sort of response do you think he'd get if he went into Steve Evans and (laughs) said that?
0: I can't imagine Steve Evans being particularly hospitable in that scenario. What would he say? I imagine he'd just tell him to F off, wouldn't he?
2: Now, do you know what I think? I think Steve Evans is hospitable. I think if Michael Skabala knocked on his door and said, how did you beat me? That would play into Steve's ego. Yeah, no, maybe um, that would yeah, play maybe. into that. I'm the master tactician, and, and let's face it, Michael knows exactly how Steve beat him because he explained it in the post match interview. And probably, I don't know how big the offices are at Stevenage, but I would imagine if Michael is even mildly claustrophobic, I wouldn't want to get stuck in a room with um with Steve Evans because you know the the the, the bar. On Star Wars, where Leia was all tied up to Steve Evans on the thing, that looked quite close as well. I would imagine. Do you think it's a bit like that? The manager's office at Stevenage. You open the door and the music are playing and all the characters are walking around and he's got Princess Leia tied up on a on a thing. In fact, to be honest, because Alex McDonald actually he went off in the first half. But Alex McDonald, he's he's a funny shape. He looks like he could be an alien from Star Wars as well, doesn't he? Permanently (laughs) angry face and everything as well. Oh, he is always angry, Alex McDonald, isn't he? He's permanently angry. If you think about it, Scabala is a bit like Skywalker, isn't it? So he could be Michael Scabala could be a Jedi.
0: (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) And on that note.
2: Well, it's no, because think friends. about it as well. Is it? All all, all movies, all movie franchises and stories start kind of at the worst scenario, don't they? And then the hero fights through and you go to the end. So True. This is probably it's like the Eminem film, you know, um, where Eminem, what's it called? Um Eight Mile. Eight Mile. Where at the yeah. beginning he goes to the rap battle and he loses the rap battle and he has, you know, he, he freezes, and then at the end he goes back to the rap battle and wins it. Stevenage away next year, Michael Scobala hooded, lightsaber, is gonna walk in, he's gonna Free Princess Leia, he's going to cut down Steve Evans and we're going to win 6-0. And we're all going to be on the terraces and there's only one thing we're going to be singing.
1: This is how it
2: feels to be lonely. This is how it feels to be small. This is how it feels things Up the imps. Up the imps. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com